is an Enneagram and why does it matter for you during your divorce? Well, like StrengthsFinder, DISC, and Myers-Briggs, there are actually dozens of different kinds of personality tests. And if you're anything like me, you have taken them all. And if not, it's high time. Starting Over Stronger exists for the very purpose of helping you understand yourself and your life situations better. That starts with more self-awareness of how you present yourself in the world, in your marriage, in your career, during your divorce, with your kids, your friends, and in any school, church, or community roles you play. So stay tuned today to learn more about your Enneagram type and how that can inform the way you handle major life changes like divorce. Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find help and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. Today is going to be a fun day here on the Starting Over Stronger Show. I am so excited to hear from Enneagram coach Amy Wicks on her interpretations of the ways that each Enneagram type processes life transitions. And I'm certain you're going to enjoy this conversation too. And you're going to learn a lot more about yourself today. If you've never heard of Enneagram, that's okay. I hadn't either until about six months or so ago. I met Amy through a women's networking group that I attend locally here in Kansas City called Wise Women. And this was started by my financial advisor and has grown significantly as women are just loving learning more about the things that make them wiser in life. And what Amy has to share with us today is going to be no exception to that. So before we get into that, though, tell us, Amy, a little bit about you, what life is like in your little corner of the world and how you arrived at being an Enneagram coach. Yes. Well, I too am an Enneagram coach. And so I always love asking this question of my guests. If we could peek in the window and be a creeper, what would we see? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I would say you would see a mess and you would see beauty and you would see argument and then you would see peace and tranquility. You would see all of those <laughs> in a given moment. I have three teenagers, one who's more in the tween age, if you know what I mean, two girls and a boy. I'm married, been married for 17 years. I feel so grateful. He's an arborist, which is kind of sexy because he's a tree guy, climbs trees, cuts them down, plants them, all those fun things. (laughs) (laughs) I always joke that uh, he's taken, by the way. Uh, (laughs) And and yeah, and we are really involved with our community. We, We love hosting people, having friends and neighbors. And I, during the day or well, different parts of the day, I get to be an Enneagram coach. And that looks like everything, but that a business owner does, whether it's social media, sending out emails, communicating, uh, sharing opportunities to work with me, and then also actually coaching clients. I tend to work with female entrepreneurs and their family as well, because I'm I'm certified with marriage and family coaching. But oftentimes we start with the individual, because as we all know, when it comes to health, when it comes to 
strong relationships and a business that's thriving, it begins with us. So I really focus on the woman and her unique personality bent. And we identify the emotional strongholds and we get free of those so that they can thrive in all the arenas of life and all the things that they juggle. So that's a little bit what I do as far as becoming an Enneagram coach. Well, we don't have all day, but (laughs) it was a twist and turn, right? Like you, Annie, how did you end up here? It was a lot of brokenhearted moments that kept leading to wholehearted decisions as I lean into what the Lord's purpose was, was calling for me is, and those did shift in different seasons and different locations that we were geographically. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the last six years, I've gotten to really start a business that is, like I, I mentioned, focused on women and I use the Enneagram. So that way I don't coach women with one methodology. I coach women based on what they need what and speak to their perspective and their unique message that they need to hear, their weaknesses, desires, and all the things that we're going to touch on today. So I know we're going to chat more about Enneagram, but that's a little bit about how I became an Enneagram coach. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure getting to know you. It's been amazing getting to know more about Enneagram. And I'm really excited to share this with my listening audience today. So let's just start with what is Enneagram? Yes. Well, Enneagram in Greek, if you break it apart, Ennea means nine and the gram, well, it means picture, diagram, graphic. So when you look, when you Google Enneagram, and by the way, it's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, which is important to know because when I first heard it, Annie, you'll appreciate this. I thought it was Annie-a-gram. <laughs> it should be. That that would be awesome. <laughs> I think you would agree. I think you would agree. So that is how you spell it. When you Google it, you'll start seeing these unique symbols and this representation, nine points within a circle. And these nine points all connect. What does that mean? What does that look like? So really in its in its truest, most basic form, nine represents the nine different personalities or typologies represented within the Enneagram teaching. Enneagram can be traced back a long time ago. I've actually even written a book about it because as a believer, as a Christian, some Christians have been like, mm, I don't know, looks satanic. I've heard confusing stories about the origins of the Enneagram. And so the origins of the Enneagram are nuanced and unique, and they can be traced back far. But ultimately, it's a personality test that helps us identify motivations, not behavior, but motivations. And that's what sets it apart from other typologies out there. Myers-Briggs, Distext, Strength Finders, all those are fabulous, and they have their place in our personal lives and the workplace, but they talk about behavior and what I appreciate about the Enneagram and why you use it for coaching, because it's not about behavior modification as as much as identifying the, your focus of attention and how do we redirect that? And with that, we still stay our personality type that doesn't change, but we become the healthy version of ourselves. The Enneagram does a lot of focusing on what level of health are you at? What combination are you of Enneagram types? Because that impacts your relationships and your workplace and how you interact with people. And then one of the things that I love about is that it addresses so many elements of our internal world by providing language. We may have experienced something hard, good, awful, wonderful, but not had the words to put to it. Even our childhood message and the longing that we've had maybe our whole life that has been missed and unmet, suddenly we begin to have 
language for it or words to put to those emotions and those feelings and those desires with the help of the Enneagram. So it's a really powerful tool. I know today we're going to give some general overviews, and then we're going to even focus on a a piece about what it looks like to go through hard things and transition. And gosh, man, a tool that helps us identify that and gives us a way to change our focus of attention and some of our habits. That's really powerful. Yeah, it is. And I love what you said about behavior modification. I often say to my clients, I, it's not about changing your behavior as much as it is about transforming your heart and understanding what's going on inside of you, because then the behaviors automatically modify because, you know, if they need to, because you understand why you're doing and thinking and saying the things you are. So that's exactly awesome. I hadn't even thought of Enneagram in that way, but it makes total sense. And listeners, you're going to get to take a free test online to determine what your Enneagram personality type is. And we'll give you access to that at the end of the show. But for now, Amy, could we spend maybe the next five, 10 minutes, however long it takes, just giving us maybe your best 30 to 60 second synopsis of each of the Enneagrams so people can maybe try to get an idea of which one they are. Yeah. What I'm going to share today, because uh, if you've gotten just a hint here, there's so many elements about each personality type. So I'm going to share the core desire, the message the heart longs to hear, and the general characteristic role of each Enneagram type. Again, there's nine, but when you dive into it, there's over 108 Enneatypes. We're just going to focus on nine today. And then we're even here at the end for kind of the next focus. We're going to break it into three groups of three that will help us understand it even better. So I'll start with the top because sometimes that's fun. And the top on the diagram, when you look at it, is the type nine. There's no hierarchy in the Enneagram. So that's really important to know when I give numbers to it, there's no one personality that's better than the other. And in fact, here's the deal. If there's a personality type that you cringe a little at, maybe that's yours. <laughs> Oftentimes, we really don't love what we find here in the Enneagram. There's so many positive things about each type, but you might struggle a little bit with the negative elements about your type because you realize the struggle. So the type nine, the Enneagram type nine is known as the peaceful mediator. They desire inner stability and peace of mind. And the message their heart longs to hear is that their presence matters. For the type eight, they're also known as the protective challenger. Their desire is for self-protection and they desire to hear that they will not be betrayed. The type seven is known as the entertaining optimist. They desire to be satisfied and content. And they really long to hear that they will be taken care of. The type six is also known as the loyal guardian. They desire to have support, guidance, and security. And they really long to know that they are safe. The type five is known as the investigative thinker. Their desire is to have mastery, understanding, loads of knowledge. And they long to hear that their needs are not a problem. The type four is also known as the romantic individualist, and they desire to be uniquely themselves. They long to hear that they are seen and loved for exactly who they are. Now, the type three is also known as the successful achiever. They desire to feel valuable, and they want to hear that they're loved for simply being them before they do or accomplish anything. The type two is known as the supportive advisor and they desire to feel loved and wanted. And they long to hear that you, that they are wanted. And the type one, last but not least, 
They are known as the moral perfectionist, and they desire goodness, integrity, and balance. And they long to hear that they are good. So that's it in a nutshell. What one feels a little bit more like you or familiar? It takes time to really identify those desires and the message your heart longs to hear. Because more often than not, you'll hear them and go, oh yeah, those are all me. (laughs) And at the core of it, I like to say we are all nine types because I believe that we're made in the image of God. And God is all of these and more. He holds all of these characteristics and we're just a reflection of of him. So we have all nine types. The goal and the self-awareness process that the Enneagram offers is to figure out what's the dominant one, what's really motivating what you do, what's the why behind what you do. And the Enneagram sheds some light on that. Yeah. And there's so much to it, so many layers to it. It's it was it's almost kind of impossible to think about, you know, if you've never heard it before, like yes. to be able to pick which one you are from those brief descriptions. But that's, you know, we're not going to have time today to dive into it for each of the nine types. But but listeners, I hope hearing Amy's synopsis of the types has helped you in some way to have an idea of what you might be. And if you want to take the full test, and if you're anything like me, you want to take the full <laughs> test, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just to be sure, uh, hang in there. We'll get you that information here uh, soon. But with some idea in mind for now, let's just talk about the nine different types and how they handle life transition, because that's what we're all about here at mm-hmm. the Starting Over Stronger show. Many of you that are listening are here because you're facing one of life's biggest and most difficult life transitions, divorce. And what we want to spend most of our time on today is on how each of the nine Enneagram types process change. And of course, this is going to be true for divorce, but I want you to think about it broader than that. It's also going to be true for any significant death or loss that you have, a major job change, or really any kind of difficult life transition. So as we get Amy's perspective on how each of us is likely to feel and operate during major crisis moments like these, I want you to not only think about your divorce, but about all of these other changes that you maybe have had in the past, or maybe you will have in the future. And let's just talk about how you tend to handle changes, how your inherent personality type affects the way you process changes. And let's start, Amy, by just saying, why does this matter? Why does knowing your Enneagram type matter for life transition? Well, unfortunately, I have a perfect illustration. (laughs) Really, and Annie, you know a little bit of my personal story. And I do have a podcast and I've shared bits and pieces of my last year's journey a little bit along the way. Um, I've been very much touched by divorce uh, in my family and in a way that has been so heartbreaking and life altering. And I, it's still not all of my story to share, but it's quickly becoming what has been private, right? I think you understand this, Annie, mm-hmm. to a personal story. And the reality, reality is my family of origin has been thrown into the throes of, of pain and loss and This teaching and this understanding of the Enneagram has been so helpful to not only navigate this really, really challenging year for myself, but navigating it with others, navigating it with people who handle pain, loss, change, um, brokenhearted moments differently than I do. It provides a lens lens of compassion. And for those who've heard me teach the Enneagram before, 
there is a lot about soul searching and self-reflection, but ultimately I think the gift of the Enneagram is to be able to understand how others view life, how others are going to view hard things. And this is a way to, to understand a little bit better for, for me, those who were impacted by this, it was my siblings as well. And so it was really helpful to engage in conversation why they had to take on the the whole you know dynamic of it differently than me and then why some of us felt so similar and going oh yeah that's why mm-hmm. or maybe you know a little insight is like we all fit in this not we all but three of the four of us fit in this positive outlook group and so we were all in denial for part of the time or we would do, work really hard to lighten things up and to be positive and we would have to be reminded to do the hard work that was needed to identify these painful things so so this is this is why it's really helpful there's so much to it it's definitely really uh, incredible an incredible tool for coaching to help people work through this so to help expedite the conversation and your learning I thought I would talk about the harmonic groups within the Enneagram. Enneagram being nine different parts can often be split up into three groups of three, which is really great for us, <laughs> for us teachers who are teaching about it and want to make it, you know, as expedited and simple as possible. So today, this is honestly, I don't think I've even taught this to my audience. So I'm going to dub this an Enneagram 301. So you got the 101 here, just the last, you know, last 10 minutes. And now we're going into 301. You, you might need to listen to this a few times. And especially if you go take the test, find out what type you lead with, if the test gives you accurate results, and then you can come back and listen to this again. So I'm going to flip it now, and I'm going to start out with a group that begins that has the Enneagram type one in it, because we want to, you know, give everyone fair play airtime here. (laughs) (laughs) So the first group that I'm going to talk about of the Enneagram harmonic groups is the competency group. And the competency group consists of Enneagram types one, three, and five. So I'll cover those. As you can hear, I'm going to skip around a little bit, but I'll keep directing us back to, to where we need to go. So the one, three, and five, they all put emphasis on different ways of being competent, but they have the competency in mind. So when they're faced with disappointment or conflict, they they want to be seen as, you know, having the systems, the rules, and competency at the forefront of, of like what they are presenting. So the type ones, they are going to put an emphasis on being correct and sensible. They're going to manage feelings by repressing and denying them. And instead of channeling their feelings into activity, they're going to follow a system and then they get upset when those don't, others don't (laughs) like they are, they can be very frustrating. Now the type three in the competency group, they're going to be efficient and outstanding, and they're going to manage their feelings by repressing and focusing on task. And they also look to others for feeling cues. They want to mask their actual feelings with the feelings in their room or their partner or the or the person they are even with in that moment. They do want to work within the system, but they also have this edge to them where they want to work on outside of the system because they have very little patience for rules. So if they're put in a, a position where they feel <laughs> like, you know, they have to follow someone else's plan, they're not going to like that. And they're going to kind of have this attitude of bucking the system. Now, the type five in the comp- competency group is that they they want to be an expert and have all the information. They manage their feelings by detaching and staying cerebral. 
Fives traditionally reject the system and they want to work independently. And they too have little patience for rules. So you see the three and the five in that group have the impatience with rules, whereas the one really wants to follow the rules and gets impatient with those who don't. So this is very, very helpful. All right, there's all sorts of other advice that I would give, but we're gonna go ahead and hop to the next harmonic triad, which is the positive outlook group. And this positive outlook group consists of Enneagram type seven, nine, and two. They each have a positive outlook when they're faced with disappointment, um, but they have a variation of positive outlooks. And this is their way to avoid pain. So we'll start with the two because we're going to work our way again. The type twos use, um, put the emphasis on their own positive self-image because they have a desire for significance. They're going to avoid their own needs and disappointment and help others while neglecting their own needs. Well, that doesn't go well. Uh, We need to deal with our pain, right? (laughs) You and I are both champions of that. Now the seven, they're going to avoid their pain and roll by, uh, and to avoid suffering, um, in any way that they can to like almost deny it. So that way they will not lose their positivity. Um, They might err on the other side, the flip side of the two, and they might emphasize their own needs and feel like they can't really help anybody else because it's too much of a burden for them. And then the type nine that's in the positive outlook group they, they put an emphasis on the positive qualities of others and their environment. So they avoid problems with their loved ones and their environment and their own lack of development. And they also have problems with their needs and the needs of others. So they, they just get overwhelmed easily. So you can see the seven and the nine in that group, they're going to be aware of their needs, yet repress it, yet deny it and not be able to really help others where the two might over help others in, in order to deny their needs. All right, last but not least, we have the reactive group. And the reactive group consists of Enneagram types four, six, and eight. They're also sometimes known as the emotional realness group or the intensity group, which is so fascinating. I just, this is one of those teachings that I'm like, wow, that just makes so much sense when I'm helping people of these types. <laughs> when they're faced uh, with disappointment or conflict, it's more of a outward reactive way. So the type four, they react by withdrawing and seek a supporter, someone who really gets them and they overly attach to them. And they fear the abandonment that um, they they actually kind of get in a cycle of a, a, a playing hard to get and a push pull uh, type of dynamic with their relationships. They're really, really needy, but then they push, push you away. And um, so that's challenging because we need support. We need outside support when we're going through really hard things. The type six in the reactive group, they react by assessing people and situations and seek independence, um, which is kind of opposite because they really desire support, but they seek it in a way where they want support, but they want to be the one in control because they fear abandonment and they fear the support. You see how each of these kind of do the opposites of opposite of what we really like, which is which is the thing. This is the the gift of the Enneagram. We're going, why am I not being who I really am? And I'm denying my own feelings or repressing what I'm really need. And this is this is why it makes so much sense. So sixes deal with others by being committed and reliable, yet staying engaged by being defensive. So again, that push pull. 
And then the type eights, last but not least, the type eight relax, reacts openly by expressing anger and they seek independence and self-reliance. They have a fear of being controlled and dominated and they really hate being vulnerable. So they, they deal with this by putting their guard up and toughening themselves and they're not going to open up to others about their pain. So there's, there's a lot there. And as you can see, one of the gifts of the Enneagram is showing us how we are so different in our stress and our pain in a way that doesn't serve who we were created to be and how we were naturally wired. And that's why if it may feel so uncomfortable how you're handling things, even though it's not how you want to handle and navigate disappointment and loss and pain. Today's show is sponsored in part by Mike Foote, Certified Divorce Lending Professional with American Financial Network in Kansas City, Missouri. Mortgage and divorce are hands down two of the most difficult processes any of us will ever face. So you can only imagine when you combine the two, how complex it could be and how important it is to work with a certified divorce lending professional who can help you make more informed decisions regarding your home equity solutions and to identify potential conflicts before they occur without billing you for every hour of his time. Mike is not a stuffy banker or a pricey attorney. He is your friendly voice and helping hand. And best of all, he actually answers his phone and cares about what you need every step of the way. Call Mike today at 816-456-2678 and visit divorceloanhelp.com to learn more. Yeah, that's great. I, li- I like how you divided them up into three groups. That makes it a little bit more di- digestible in this format. But um, I'm curious, and not to add confusion, but I have in my own limited knowledge of Enneagram, kind of group them into three categories by heart, head, and gut. Is yes. this the same three categories or is this It is different? not. It okay. is a different triad. And that's why I'm definitely quick to say this is you get an Enneagram 301, maybe even 401, because <laughs> as, as we'll talk about, one of my free quizzes helps people identify their triad, their an instinctual triad and their communication style, which is called the stance. And so those two are more commonly spoken about. And I do use those to help people determine what their dominant Enneagram type is. But what's really cool about this is you may have heard a little bit of your story, a thread of how you respond and react in in this um, part of the conversation that might help you narrow in a little bit more of, oh, this is really who I am and how I'm wired. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's, you know, for me, even though what you're talking about is different. And I think I wonder if you have time to just kind of really quickly go through the heart, head, gut thing, because I think that that's super easy for people to understand. Am I motivated by my heart, by my head, or just by my gut instinct? So if you would just kind of break that down real quick. Yeah. And I just recently did a whole episode of this because of my new Enneagram quiz. It's something I've used as a typing tool for a long time. And I've been working on it for years. How do I get this in a quiz format that people will want to take, right? Yeah. <laughs> because we've got to make it quick and snappy. So it's taken me a long time. Yeah. But Annie, what you're talking about is the um, instinctual triads. And those do fall into, we make decisions based on our head or thinking, our heart or feeling or gut as in our are in our reaction. So yes. I'll break those real quick into what types fit into those and what that looks like. And really it's about 
the order of making decisions. I am also known as any on Instagram as a wholehearted Enneagram. And that's really where some of this, I think, ties in for me. Love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, all our mind, with all our, our strength, our body. And so I think about, you know, the whole person and we should approach our decisions and our interactions as a whole person. So the one, the eight, nine, and one are in the gut triad. And they, they don't think or feel, they just respond or react. Unfortunately, most of the time it's reacting. We're learning how to respond. (laughs) (laughs) They react and then they think or feel about the decision they've made or the response they need to make. And then you have the two, three, and four that fit in the heart trad. And there is a, a feeling, a feeling about what would others think about this? How will I feel about this? How will this make other fe- others feel? Or what? how will they feel about me if I make this decision? These are all unconscious, but that is running behind the scenes. And then after they assess their feelings, there's usually a general, okay, what do I think about this? And then I will respond. And last but not least is the head triad. And that is the five, the six, and the seven. They oftentimes are guilty of getting stuck in their heads. And there's a lot of movement happening behind the scenes. And people think that there's an action, (laughs) but there's a lot of thinking about how, what's the best strategy? What is the best route? What will keep me safe? And 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 those are, that's where we're thinking about it a long time. I'm in the head triad. I know you are as well. You're (laughs) at least um, at this point, we feel like you are. And then you just at one point in time, depending on your personality type, then you feel, and then you respond. And so those, those all explain how you make decisions. And then also the other layer behind it is there's an emotional struggle um, tied to those, the gut. A triad has a desire for justice and fairness, and that motivates them in their decisions. The heart triad has a desire for shame or sorry, for significance and often feels shame when that need of significant isn't met. And then last but not least, the five, six, and seven are really motivated by security. And when they're not feeling safe or secure, there's a, an emotional struggle of, of anxiety. And I think I don't, I didn't say for the gut, um, they're motivated for the justice and fairness. And when that's not met, their emotional struggle is anger. Okay. And that was for what numbers did you just say? Yeah. So gut was eight, nine, and one. Eight, nine, and one. Okay. Well, you know, this is a lot to take in and I'm, I'm even trying to keep up with it. I'm sure listeners are probably, their heads are spinning by this point. In time, but, <laughs> My brain's but, even hurting accessing all those files. I'm yeah, like, oh, that's good. <laughs> it's it's a lot. But the reason why it's so important is because when you're going through major life changes, especially divorce, very important decisions that are going to have permanent ramifications are being made. And if you're making those in a space of, you know, making emotional decisions without thinking or reacting, you know, instead of responding, yes, it doesn't end well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting what you brought it up and, and we didn't, mentioned it in the beginning, but Amy and I are both sevens. And so um, I want, I kind of made me wonder is, are all coaches and podcast hosts seven? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, we, so we know what that triad looks like and what, the, what that's all about. But, you know, like you said, understanding how maybe even your soon to be ex, maybe 
understanding mm-hmm. what their motivations are, what their fears are. Maybe that helps you to be able to navigate these decisions with yes. more clarity and confidence. And that's really what we're trying to get at the heart of today. And I'm totally with you, Amy, that they need to go take the test, get a good idea of what they are, and then come back and listen to this again, because it's going to make a lot more sense when you have in the back of your mind, a pretty good idea of what number you are. And from there, you're going to be able to pick up on what are some things you could look at differently or think about Mm -hmm. how to respond differently in your current situation with whatever major life change you're facing. So any more thoughts from that angle? No. Yeah. I think that's just so amazing. And, and, you know, even when you throw kids into it, especially older kids into this whole process, it's really a helpful tool as well to understand what perspective they're coming from Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's hard. Everyone's hurting uh, in this whole process. There's no one who gets to escape um, when poop hits the fan, that's my mm-hmm. PG version. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure. Like I said, I, I think we've covered as good as we can with with you know just trying to give a general overview of what Enneagram is and how it affects your life transitions. Obviously, there's much more that can be delved into, but it's important that you know where you fit into the Enneagram before you can really dig into it more deeply. And so I would like to, you know, first of all, thank you for being here, for sharing your thoughts and experiences with us. But I would also like to invite you to share anything else you want to share with the listeners, including how they can reach out to you, how they can work at work with you um, to follow your work, to learn from you and to take that quiz. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I so appreciate the opportunity because, um, yeah, because, uh, you know, this topic of divorce has personally impacted me in, in quite a significant way. And I love the work that you're doing and these, you know, the clarity, right. I know we're both about helping women with clarity and, and this is, a, a huge piece of the puzzle. I think a lot of times of, of understanding why you do what you do and your motivation and the big piece too, as well. I always give this little caveat. What are the dangers of the Enneagram? Well, do your best to take your time. Don't rush the process. Self-awareness is a process. It's a journey. I mistyped myself twice and I'm a coach and I'm well-studied and trained. I'm certified. I'm not just a fly-by-night person. It takes time, but you know, I will give this other caveat and just say some of the best well-known teachers of the Enneagram, they also mistype themselves. So I'm not alone in that. I, you, and that's okay because there's this whole thing about tri-type and when we deal with trauma, sometimes we identify with our stress line of stress more than we actually um, identify with our dominant type for a time. And I help women pull back that layer sometimes. And they sometimes do six hour long sessions on one type. And then we finally get to the dominant type. So it's happened. You you wouldn't be the only one. And then the (laughs) other thing, the danger could be is that we use it as an excuse for bad behavior. That is not what this is, friend. This is a way to shine the light again on the poop. That's my PG version. (laughs) Shine a light (laughs) on the poop so we can go clean it up Uh and, uh, and get the help we need. And then it's also not used as a weapon. We, If we use it as a weapon, then people are going to resent the Enneagram. People are going to resent you for using the Enneagram. Focus on your personality type. And if along the way you get to discover your friends, spouse, or ex-spouse, or kids, 
then that's a gift. But don't make that be your mission to figure it out. Just invite people to the process. Yeah. Um, of course, I have a ton of resources. Like you mentioned, Annie, I have a podcast. Um, I've just celebrated my five-year anniversary, March 17th. Can't believe it. <laughs> and it's simply wholehearted.com forward slash Enneagram quiz. But I also have it on my website there. I know I'll send you the links. And um, yeah, lots of tools and resources there, free downloads to help people because I'm really all about like, hey, here is a great condensed expedited way of learning it. Here's the resource. It's just my gift to you. And then use it. And maybe someday we'll cross paths again. I'll get to help you use it even deeper in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, getting to know Enneagram. And I think it is it has been helpful to me. And I know that it will be helpful to anyone who chooses to go down this path with you. Listeners, I hope this has been helpful for you on your journey today. It's my pleasure to meet you here each Wednesday with a new survivor or professional who's here to share stories and to explore everything that is important to you as you go through the major life transition of divorce. I'm grateful for those of you who have taken the time to follow Starting Over Stronger on Facebook, to join the Starting Over Stronger After Divorce group on Facebook, and to follow at SOS Divorce Coach Annie on Instagram and SOS Divorce Podcast on TikTok. Meet me on www.startingoverstronger.com if you would like to learn more. And please share this episode with someone you know could benefit from it. What we know for sure, because we've all experienced it, is that we don't always know when someone we know and love is considering divorce, going through a divorce. And so just share Starting Over Stronger widely in your circles because you never know who may be in dire need of knowing more about divorce and getting more support as they decide or survive or learn to thrive through and after a divorce. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing, Amy. Thank you so much again for your for your time and your expertise. And I hope that a lot of people will reach out to you and explore this with you. And remember, come back here again and listen to this episode again after you have a pretty good idea of what your Enneagram type is. Until we meet again, remember you do not have to do divorce alone. There is help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger.